You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease you can arrive at a space where you are met with vulnerability first you have to be vulnerable and your partner needs to meet you in that space because being vulnerable people don't like that word it has a bad rap i love that word i think that being vulnerable is arriving on your own terms saying this is who i am and not being afraid to be seen the biggest fear that people bring into the relationships is to really be seen because if they see something about me that they didn't see before maybe they won't want to be with me Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I'm Lisa Oz. And I am Jill Herzig. And one of the things the two of us have in common is that we both met our husbands when we were practically children, and they were practically <laughs> children. In my case, I was a, I was six when I met my husband. We did not start dating. I know that would be gross. We did not start dating until early in college, but we've both been in crazy long-term, extra long-term relationships. And it's funny to think about love in general and how my sense of what love is built up over time. And I think maybe with Mehmet, yours is the same thing. Like, you almost raised each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we certainly both grew up a lot. But, yeah, it's we, you and I have a, kind, a similar perspective on relationship. And it's sort of hard having that. It's like a tree that grows with the rings. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to shake that up and get a new perspective on love when you've been with the same person for such a really, really, really long time. Are you suggesting that we have affairs? <laughs> <laughs> no. I hope not. No. 
Honey, no, that's not what's happening here. Mehmet, no, don't come after me with a butcher knife. No, but our guest today is actually going to help us with understanding, I think, relationships, um, at least the marriage relationship, in, I think, a deeper and broader way. Um, Our guest today is self-proclaimed change junkie who inspires people to get excited about a lifestyle of change. Her newest book, Rethink Love, Three Steps to Being the One, Attracting the One, and Becoming One. We are joined by Monica Berg. Monica, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So just in reading that title, I have to ask, do you think there's only one? People are always talking about, she's the one. But do you think maybe if you don't connect with that single person and all 7 billion people, you're destined to be alone for your whole life? Or do you think maybe... Or struggling in the relationship with the person you do choose? Who isn't the one? I think that... There's a whole chapter on soulmates. I think very often people question the relationship. Did they marry the right person? Are they with the right person if they don't know for sure it's their soulmate? And it's such an open-ended topic and idea. I think we have many soul connections. I think that you can have a soulmate relationship really with anybody depending on how you are in the relationship. I believe in elevating love, which requires elevating consciousness. And when you're in a conscious relationship where you're growing together side by side and you check each other, you're you're each other's mirrors, then I think that is as close to a soulmate relationship as it gets because your soul is constantly growing and expanding. So is your curiosity and so is your joy. I love that. Yes, I do too, absolutely. So one of the things I thought was interesting in your book was the idea that there is no such thing as a stable marriage and maybe it's not even a goal. Correct. Um, I call myself a change junkie. I have this necklace (laughs) um, that says change as a reminder and I think very often people go through life trying to feel very certain and secure. I think as human beings, we all crave that. It's something that is part of our nature. You know, when we grow up, we're constantly looking for that that soft space of nurture and security. Um, and here's the trick. We are always changing. As we're sitting here, there's something in our bodies or minds physiologically happening that is changing. And so most people fear change because they think that indicates that there's something wrong with them. I'm actually doing a workshop this week with couples to work on some of the workshops in the book. I want to have case studies. I want to follow them. I want to see how, once they've applied this, really watch it come to life. And um, I suggested to this couple, I know, you know, I think you'd be great for this. And they said, why? Do you, are you worried about us? You think there's something mm-hmm. wrong with our relationship? And I said, and I say it in my book too, the relationships that work are the ones we work on. So when people think that, okay, great, you know, I met the person, I'm happy, we're happy, we're good. You know, everything's fine, we're comfortable. There's no such thing because either one day, especially, I mean, I've been married also 22 years and um, with the same person, had four kids with the same man, and there's a lot of growth in that, but it can also become stale. So how do you make it grow with you as you are? We're curious. We're going to always look for different things, new ways of being, of doing. Even for people who aren't really interested in spirituality, we still have that craving. So... The um, knowing this, that the only thing that's constant is change, then you can approach your relationship and your marriage with that same philosophy. And so, you know, if you're curious in something, maybe you bring your partner along with you. Or if you have a question about something, you're there side by side, helping each other um, become better and do better. So you mentioned spirituality and mm-hmm. the spiritual basis to the relationship. Your foundation is Kabbalah. Yes. Can you walk us through, because I... 
I have studied Kabbalah. I've been actually to the Kabbalah Center in L.A. Um, Jill? Of course, Lisa has an incredibly profound grounding in this. <laughs> because in almost all the things we discuss, and I, and I play the role of the simple child. So, so... So can we I know talk very about little. Kabbalah a little? Can you, sure. can you help me and the listener out there who might feel the way I do and just give us a grounding in Kabbalah? So Kabbalah is a, a very in-depth ancient wisdom, and you could really study it your whole life and not know very much. I mean, it's that detailed, um, which is what I love about it, because you'll forever be a student, which we are. Um, so Kabbalah explains the complexities of the material and the non-material world, like our physical world and the the world above. And... What Kabbalists have known for centuries is that, you know, and I think that as a society, we're starting to think more in this way. We're more concerned about what we eat, what we put in our mouths, or the words that come out of our mouths. There's a consciousness to the things that we do and the way that we live. And what Kabbalah teaches is that when life happens to you, it's it's to learn how to make it happen through you. So from each experience to see like even a challenge as a gift or as a blessing, then it forms your life experiences and you live a life that really works. There's concepts like cause and effect, um, the 1% reality versus the 99%. So most people live according to their five senses. And I talk about this in my book as well. When we look for a mate, usually it's, are they appealing to us visually? Even pheromones, right? Do they smell good to us? Um, do I think that, is there an attraction? It's very, and all of that's important, don't get me wrong, but that's not everything. The thing that stands the test of time is something that you can only see from the depth of who you are and who you want to become. And from that space, you can attract the person that will will be your life partner and that will really you'll be happy that's your life partner. So Kabbalah is a, is an amazing foundation for for living life with that view and with that understanding. Because things happen to all of us that we didn't want or that we wouldn't choose and um, very often people wear that so you can either make it work for you or not. And I found this wisdom to be an invaluable tool for that and also for activating the potential of who I can become. And that and- um, can you talk a little bit about the birth of your son, Josh, and sort of how you, because it sounds as though when you talk about things happening to you or through you, that was when a big shift happened in you and in your marriage. In every, that. every sense. So um, my second child was born with Down syndrome, and I found out four hours after his birth. And I was um, I was a young mother. I had my first child when I was 24. I had Josh when I was 27. And... It was a defining, life-changing moment from the time, you know, the doctor came in the room. It wasn't even my doctor, it was his associate. And I always find this interesting. Sometimes doctors feel the need, I mean, no offense, (laughs) (laughs) but um, to come and be the one to tell you what they've discovered, you know. And my husband wasn't even in the room, and I kept saying, he's coming back. He went to get our, our, our other son to meet his brother. He's been waiting so long. I mean, it was just like, you know, he's like, no, I have to tell you right now, which he didn't, but he blurted out, we're 99% sure your son has. Down syndrome. And in that moment, I was just struck by fear. I mean, my first book is called Fear is Not an Option. And I felt like there's no way I can raise this child um, because it really struck a chord. I thought, you know, of all the things that he could have, why did it have to be his mind? Mm. Because my first fear that I ever had was, and it was an illogical one, but my uncle became schizophrenic seemingly overnight as an eight year old. That's what it looked like in my eyes. And I thought it was contagious. So of all the afflictions, why with Josh, it'd have to be his mind. I felt like it's something I couldn't understand. And I was consumed by fear, but I had a choice to make in that moment. And it took longer than a moment. It took about two months that I could either, you know, worry about 
what this would do to me or my family, or I could embrace the beauty of what he could become and subsequently who I would become. So I approached this whole opportunity to really, you know, I just found out about his disability on the day he was born, but I had a lifetime to find out about his gifts. Mm. And most people experience life the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we think everybody's normal. And then suddenly we're like, wait, that person's crazy. (laughs) No, we didn't expect that. So it just, it turned everything I thought I knew. And I had been studying Kabbalah for many years at that point, but I had to rethink everything I thought I knew and really understand it. Because I think that for security reasons, as we talked about that need for certainty, at the beginning, people like to learn things in the way that is going to comfort them in some way. And it's not a conscious thing. But I remember when I started studying at 17, I felt like, okay, as long as I'm spiritual, nothing bad will ever happen to me, which I think helped me cope with the fear of becoming schizophrenic or any other fear I had at that time. And so I've had to say, no, you know what? This is an opportunity. It's a gift and it's in a package that I don't understand. It looks like brown paper bag wrapping and it's not really pretty in the way I am today, but I'm going to change and really grow and see him and myself and what we can really become and be. When we come back, I want to delve more into becoming. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. We've been chatting with Monica Berg, and before the break, um, she told us a little bit about the birth of her son and how that changed her. And I want to just 
unpack that a little bit and go deeper into the ways that you changed and are continuing to change, I'm sure, because of your relationship to your son, but also maybe the ways that you, that your relationship with your husband changed because of your son. And in your, the, the last part of your book is becoming one. And do you think that, that the, the triangle of you and your husband and your son has allowed you and your husband to become closer in your marriage? Um, those are just some questions that those came are all up. Great. Give me the first one again. <laughs> well, the first one was about your relationship with your son, and 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 how that has, I guess, enhanced your spiritual journey, and 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 how that enhances your spiritual journey with your husband as well. Um, for sure, I think that uh, the biggest indication of where I was in terms of my belief in something greater or just even my my spirituality was that when I had him, all of these feelings came up. The first feeling I had after, you know, extreme shock and fear was crushing shame. I felt that I had done something wrong and I felt like I had failed my husband, my body. Like, how could I have grown an unhealthy child inside of me? So mm-hmm. I had all of those feelings, which had surprised me because I thought that I had done enough work at the time of dealing with shame and blame and guilt, which I can tell you today don't experience at all because I've worked very hard at removing that. And um, and then I, you know, I remember, and this was, I think, the big shift for me. I was at a coffee shop. I lived in California. I grew up there mostly. Um, I moved there when I was eight. And I was at a coffee store, and I ran into somebody from high school. I went to Beverly Hills High School, like the TV show. Yes, it's all of those things. <laughs> and I remember, and I had Josh in the stroller, and he was a few months old, and I thought, oh, my God, I hope they don't realize he has Down syndrome, because I was embarrassed. And I thought, Monica, is this who you really are, and is this who you want to be? Like, I was shocked that I had the thought. And I said, you know what? Whatever you think you're learning, or whatever you think you're living, or whatever you, however elevated you think you are, you have such a long way to go. And I think that that really started this constant thing where I do, I check in with myself daily. I give myself emotional feedback daily to, first of all, am I living authentically? Am I doing the things that I believe in? And is any other noise or anybody's opinion from outside coming in and creeping in and taking over? So it really changed all of those things that really get us stuck in life for me to be able to stand on my own two feet like who I am, learn to love myself and really appreciate that. So I think that was the biggest shift. And of course, um, and he continues to do that. I mean, with Josh, it's interesting. He is naturally the things that we all work really hard to become. Like he's naturally kind and he's naturally empathetic. Um, he he thinks about what a person will need before you've even thought about it. I mean, in the most beautiful way. And we have to work really hard to be kind. We do. Yeah. And to be sharing and to put others before ourselves. For him, that's just, that's who he is. The things that are difficult are the things we take for granted, like, you know, the way he learns and how long it takes him or, um, you know, things going over his head. The, we take all of that for granted, but for him, he has to work really hard to get there. So he's forever, you know, my teacher, and I appreciate that. And with my husband, you know, as we know, most people who have a real challenge, whether it's a child that's born with a disability or any kind of huge thing, it usually tears people apart. And that was the other choice I made that day because the fear was so overwhelming and the diagnosis was so big that it could have completely pulled us apart. And instead, we leaned in on each other. And I remember thinking at the time, because that's where I was at, that I had done something to deserve this, like it was karma in some way. And then I thought about it. I said, well, I don't have those thoughts about my husband. I don't think that he deserves it. 
So in a way, you know, a lot of people want to be there for you when things happen, but this specific thing, this child was only born to me and to my husband. And even though we were happy, if you had asked us at the time and we had a good marriage and a strong marriage, to where we are today, not even, it's not even a comparison. And it would not have grown every year in that way. But what happened is that we made the decision that nothing was greater than our love for each other. So shortly after Josh was born, I remember we were going to a birthday party and um, I had three kids at the time. They were all in the car. It was a hot day. It was like 100 degrees in LA. And um, it's like it was before ways and navigation and we were hopelessly lost. And we're driving and driving and one di- one diaper was um, soiled. The other one was full of urine. I mean, they were starving. We're driving around God. and driving around. Trapped and, in a car with poopy diaper kids. <laughs> and this it was is not. And I remember this, this energy no joke. made itself in the car like not so great. My husband, we're about to get in a fight basically. And um, we stopped in that moment and we just started laughing. We're like, do we even want to go to this party? Not really. We just drove home. We actually took the kids to dinner and we just turned it around. So I think that that is how we begin to approach everything in our relationship, that nothing is greater than our love. And so in these petty things that can come I just, up... Can I just stop you for a second mm-hmm. and say, it's so interesting that such a an everyday kind of misadventure in the car with cranky kids came with this epiphany. Like, it, sound, it sounds like it was actually quite a moment for the two of you, being able to laugh about that and just bond hard and fast over it. We were so raw at the time, and we and it tapped us into something that was so much more important. Like, after that, again, we could have become a victim, by the way, and, yeah. it, and we could have had a very different choice, but we chose that we were going to consistently see the gift in this. And when you start to see life with through that lens, with an appreciation and with a gratitude, and not taking it for granted, not even your partner, which is what became now the new foundation of our relationship, then nothing really could throw us off so much. I mean, in my book, I write about, we have, and a lot of people get this, but they're from London, so they're British. I like British humor. And whenever they're about to get in a fight, they say, imagine there's a gun to our heads, right? Like if a robber came in, the gun was, would, they, would this really matter? I think it's just about shifting perspective, really. Do you do that when you when you're in a fight because it's really it's great and makes so much sense in this room writing a book to to know how you should approach an an argument with your spouse but in the moment when they've done something really obnoxious can you still think about the gun to your head and is this really important are you able to practice that we do completely practice it yeah. um we don't use the, the gun thing that was my friend's thing but i think for us it's more about the thing is, at this stage, he's not going to do something really obnoxious, and neither am I, because we're emotionally intelligent with one another, and we're considerate with one another. And I think that a lot of times, when people stop working on the relationships, they stop being friends. And people do things to their spouses and the partners they would never do to a friend. And if they did, they would go back and repair and say, listen, I feel really bad about what happened. Why? Because you appreciate your friend. You're afraid you're going to lose them. Sometimes when we are in a marriage, suddenly like, well, we've been married this long, they're not going anywhere. Again, these aren't conscious thoughts. So maybe that's the question to ask yourself, not gun to the head, but if this was my friend, would I be saying this? Also, would yes. my face be all screwed up and enraged? And and even if I lost my temper, if it was my friend, how would I go back and repair this? Mm-hmm. And it's about those series of choices day to day. And that's why the book's almost 300 pages because there's so much content. <laughs> <laughs> so you're able to just step back and not allow 
negative emotion to interfere. So I'm able to have perspective about where he might be coming from. And then I'm also able to have perspective if I behave like this, even if I'm in a really bad mood or, you know, my parent is sick or, you know, and those are realities that we're in right now. I stop and say, okay, if I, if I behave like this, what is that doing to our relationship going forward? I mean, I'm, I'm all about self-care. If I'm not, if we're not happy and we're living together and we're investing, then what's the point? I'm more, I think that I never lose sight of the bigger picture. One of the things that really struck me in your book was that it's divided into these sections and it starts with the me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about change in here and I think I was struck, I've been struck at moments of kind of disruptive, difficult transition for myself that is a constant thing I have to remind myself that this is not, this is on me to get through. So as much as you're talking about being bonded and together and seeing that your love is the most important thing, there's also a tremendous amount of taking responsibility for navigating your own changes and not, you know, no, he's not going to do it for you. Thousand percent. She's not going to do it for you. So the part we were talking about with the relationship is the third part of the book. It's called We. Mm -hmm. The part that you're bringing up is me, which is the first nine chapters. And I feel like obviously that's very important, which is why I dedicated so much time to that. It's also the first, it's the most fundamental step that most people miss in their lives, even before entering a relationship. But it's never too late to go back to that. Even if you're, you know, in your 70s, it's still, it's the only place where you're going to learn to love yourself. And so many people don't. And if you don't cultivate that for yourself, first of all, you're not going to know what you believe. You're, and then they're at threat, right? Anybody can come in and, and impress anything upon you. But also you're not able to navigate through life knowing what you feel, what you think, and to trust your choices. So I think often people expect, and there's chapters called Cinderella Syndrome and Cherished Delusions, where we assign our partner to fulfill us in a way that's not fair, realistic, or even possible, Mm -hmm. because we don't actually learn to do that for ourselves. So when I say that nothing's greater than our love, I'm not saying important. The first important thing is to love yourself in that way, and then you can bring in your partner. I remember when I was so desperate for love. Um, I was anorexic. I had an eating disorder and I was so lonely. It's such a lonely, isolating disorder. And I remember thinking, I just want to be loved. I just want to find my partner. And I stopped and I said, okay, but I know that I can't even attract the right person in the space that I'm in because I'm going to attract somebody to meet me where I'm at today. And that's not nearly good enough. And that I need to learn whatever I'm craving to receive from another human being. I need to first learn to give that to myself. So in those four years until we, we had known each other, but until we actually saw each other and recognized each other as the ones we wanted to be with, which took time. Because when I first met him, I was like, if God came down and told me that this is my partner, you can like, absolutely not. There was just no connection in that way. Um, but, but really becoming a friend to yourself, learning to love yourself, learning to navigate through problems, right? Relying on yourself is the first. When we come back, I want to talk more about how we learn to love ourselves because I think that's something that so many people really struggle with. 
tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Before the break, we've been talking with Monica Burke about getting to a place where we love ourselves before um, partnering with the one because they are not going to be able to, that that hole that we're looking to fill, no other person can fill for us. So I was wondering if you have any specific tools or techniques, because I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there, um, maybe some people in this room, <laughs> who, n- who need some help in getting to a place where, of self-acceptance and of feeling like they're attracting the type of person they want to be with because they're whole and they're not trying to, to fill something with another person. Yeah. So can you walk us through some techniques for getting to a better place? So it's kind of like if you were going, you're curious about meeting a friend or finding a new friend, right? How would you approach that? First, you would... Um, You'd be honest with yourself about what interests you. You'd be curious. It's about really taking the time to hear that kinder voice. Because the thing is, most of us walk through life hearing a negative voice, right? It's the one that we usually grew up with. It's one that's filled with shame or that you should have done this or you could have done that. It's filled with regret. And from that, and we're not very kind to ourselves, right? When we look in the mirror, we usually have more negative thoughts than we do positive. So the first thing to do is to identify what's not working for you. 
and with anything in life. And you write that down by already identifying what's not working, you're 50% along to find what is working. And then from that space, you can start to ask yourself questions, but wait to hear the answer of what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it I'm curious about? What is it that I enjoy doing? And then start to honor that. So when you ignore your intuition long enough, or you ignore your desires or your wants, or you have shame and wanting, all of that thing that we walk around with through life, then you stop hearing the smaller, quieter voice. And and when you start to do this exercise, that voice gets a little bit louder and a little bit louder. But the important thing is to act on it. And when you do that, then you're going to start to feel happier and more fulfilled. And you're going to say, wow, that really worked. And then you're going to go back and do it again. Over time, you're going to start to feel good about your decisions. You're going to feel like you can rely on yourself to make good choices. You're going to start to hear your desires and your wants versus those around you. And honestly, the more open we are to other people's opinions, the more they're going to come and give it to us. That's the way it works. So you said that you can do this at any point, whether you've been in a relationship for decades or not. You can go back to the me. You can sort of build and fill and find those passions, find that better foundation. As a couples therapist, do you find that sometimes the partner is not necessarily supportive of that of the shifts that need to happen in exercises like the ones you're talking about? or Very often they're not, especially if you've been in a really long relationship. Um, because again, back to the idea of change, the partner usually fears the other changing because how is that going to impact their lives, especially if they're comfortable. Let's say that the husband likes that his wife you know, is home at five with the cooked meal and you know, and now she's just tired of that. The kids are out of the house and that's not fulfilling for her anymore. Is he going to want that change? Hmm. Probably not because it's very comfortable for him. So then he might fear it, maybe even sabotage it. People do that a lot with diets, right? If one um, wants to lose weight and the other one it doesn't and is comfortable with this, sometimes they're going to pick fights, not even consciously, and sabotage that so there's not that change that occurs. But I still know with all of my heart that if you... If you do the work and you decide, because everything starts with a choice, that this is something that's worthwhile for you and you bring your partner along and share your understanding, your learning, then usually they're going to come around. But you can't have an expectation that they're going to approve, support in order for you to do it. Well, that and that gets back to the idea of depending on leaning on the other person Correct. for the change you have to do in yourself. Correct. You can't lean on their approval or their immediate buy-in either. Correct. How important and in what ways does Kabbalah um, influence your relationship? Is Kabbalah a key part of the way that you and your husband interact? Is And are there specific truths to the Kabbalah teaching that, that you use in your relationship? So I love this question. I talk about spirituality a lot in my book. I mean, I talk about science, psychology, um, because truth is truth. And I think that if that is the case, it's going to ring true in all of these different topics and subjects. Um, but I also say that you don't have to study Kabbalah, but it has to be a spirituality. I think spirituality is very important to have in a relationship because, and Kabbalah talks a lot about ego. When you don't have a spirituality, ego is the third party and 
people are not going to be happy because you can't, ego doesn't want to be wrong. Ego doesn't want to be corrected. Ego doesn't want to be diminished or not have the last word, right? So if ego is taking this place and nobody can stop and say, wait a second, I'm going to humble myself, even though I don't want to say I'm sorry right now, or even though you were wrong also, there has to be some kind of commonality where you understand, again, the perspective. So when I was sharing earlier that we always have this bigger perspective of what's important, I think that that's where Kabbalah really helps for sure. We're not going around saying, well, you know, Kabbalah says, but there's an underlying um, approach both to how we, we both live our lives, right? We're constantly chipping away at the ego. We're constantly trying to thrive to be better individually. So if you have that and then you meet the relationship from that space, then naturally it's going to work if you have all the other boxes checked as well. <laughs> I don't think I have all the other boxes checked, and I definitely— it's interesting, my husband and I share many common approaches to the world, and I think it really helps our marriage to work, but we do not share a spiritual life. Neither of us really have much of a spiritual life, and religion has played zero role in his life growing up and pretty much zero role in mine. So, It's a shared agnosticism. There you go. Except we don't, we're not even passionately agnostic either. But you're definitely not passionately atheistic because you're not proselytizing. No. No. I think that if you both were curious, though, about spirituality Mm -hmm. and you studied it together, you started reading up on it, like, I think that would be a great opportunity to create Mm -hmm. another connection and a new closeness and Mm -hmm. maybe discover something that you both didn't realize that you love. I think that it, yeah. I think that's also what keeps marriages healthy and alive. It's constantly looking, you know, I remember after we had Josh, we were, again, we were really so raw, but we decided that we're going to go and have some fun because everything was so heavy. And that's another formula for a great relationship is laughter and levity. I mean, we take ourselves so seriously. We take <laughs> things so seriously. I mean, it's not such a big deal. Not everything is such a big deal. So we took up um, ballroom dancing. We took up tennis. I mean, we were, but but after like a month, we were exhausted because every night of the <laughs> week we were doing something new. But we laughed about that Keep too. Keep on your levity schedule. But I know it's about <laughs> creating ways to connect because what happens is, you know, everybody has their own day pretty much. And then if you have the kids in the mix, and then if you don't take time actually to come back together and reconnect and find that space where you had fun when you first met, right? And where you were talking about ideas and dreams of the future and what your life would be like together or for yourselves even, that shouldn't die. That should keep growing and expanding as you do because that's what we do as human beings. So to not share that with your partner, either you're going to keep it to yourself or you're going to completely shut down or you're going to share it with your girlfriend. And then that just creates more space. But also you guys were You kept growing because you were learning new things. And I think so many couples just get in ruts by repeating the same behavior. Like you were out dancing and playing tennis, but you could have just come home, had dinner, watched TV, and gone to bed. Right. Right. But I do think in order to keep a relationship alive, if if you let it go stagnant and you just do the same thing every night for 30 years— it's you're not going to stay together for too much longer no. than that, and, or you will, but you'll be miserable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Jill's favorite question, but I'm going to ask it for her because she hasn't gotten to it yet. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped ahead. I read your sex chapter first. I admit it. Oh, that's fine. so funny. Did you confession? <laughs> not first, actually. Not first. I read some of the me chapter, and then I saw the sex chapter, and I was like, hmm. Mm, I want to know what the Kabbalah says. <laughs> so let's talk about sex. Okay. How big? A part of the relationship, the romantic relationship, do you think it is? And how can we make it better? I think that it is a big part. I think people don't like to speak about it for some reason, um, usually. But um, I think that sex is love in motion. So 
It's a natural way to express how you feel about one another. And it's also a natural way to have pleasure and say what you enjoy. And I think that there's a lot of, I still think that there's taboo of, you know, women saying that they enjoy it, or that they should have an orgasm or, you know, I think that it's very, there's a reason that we can do it. And it's the reason that it's pleasurable and it's not just to create children. Um, Kabbalistically, there's also a period where there is separation during the menstrual, menstrual cycle and for a little bit after that. And spiritually speaking, I think that it's a very healthy thing to do because then when you come back together, there's a, you know, you prepare for one another. It's kind of like having a wedding night over again. And I think that that really keeps a relationship healthy and fresh and a sex life also fun still when you have this time away from each other and then you have a time where you come back. And I think it builds desire because it's a big part of wanting to be with your partner also. Because if you have something all the time... Take it for granted. Yeah, and it's also there's no desire, right? You only desire something you don't have. Mm-hmm. And then you plan it. I mean, I think that can it's Can I say important. that it can sometimes, sorry, it can sometimes be difficult to convince your husband that taking time off from sex will actually make it better. <laughs> However... I don't know that there are many men who ascribe to this. <laughs> if you, let's put it this way, let's say this. Let's say you said to your husband, let's take a week off, and then when we come back together, let's say on Tuesday... I, we're going to make it special. Let's mm. make dinner reservation somewhere. I'm going to take like a bath. It's going to, and you make it, believe me. Yeah, you okay? have to put some skin in the game. He's going to be yeah. on board. He's actually <laughs> going to be ex- even more excited because it's different. Mm. And, yeah. and, it's, and he'd be curious. Yeah. And again, not everybody has to do that. I'm just saying that there are certain things to do to build those things that we just talked about, like desire, curiosity, well, change. It all just sounds very mindful, and it's right. bringing lots of lots of awareness to your sex life. Yes. Because it stops and starts at a certain point, so maybe maybe it's not about the, the schedule or your cycle. No, or it's always it's consciousness just, and thought. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you said. It's, the whole book is about bringing awareness to all aspects of a relationship. Because mm. wow. usually they're very neglected. I love that. I'm going to practice bringing awareness to all areas of my relationship. (laughs) So thank you very much, Monica. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Monica's new book is Rethink Love, Three Steps to Being the One, Attracting the One, and Becoming One. Connect with her at rethinklife.today. And uh, let's all be mindful in our relationships. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review us. We would love to hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at pod2somewhere. And email us at roadtosomewhere at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to Alicia Haywood, our incredible producer. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on The Road to Somewhere. We're available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn. 
burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.